Those who don't know me, the voice is Tino, I'm Tino, the minister here, and it's nice just to sit back for a little while and uh, play piano and uh, not leave. But uh, for those who are unaware, we've been following a journey uh, recently about the New Testament church. We've been looking at these early passages in Acts, thinking about what does the early church speak to us today. And we get to this moment with uh, Peter and John. Not Paul and John, Peter and John, for those who are a couple of weeks ago have got the names mixed up. But Peter and John, they are standing and they've just seen as they've gone along a man through the power of Jesus be healed from someone who could walk to a crazy God. And we get this moment where the authorities, the Sanhedrin, now, if you are in the growing deeper groups uh, this week, you will hear me pronounce Sanhedrin about five different ways. Um, I couldn't quite get it right, but I'm going to go with Sanhedrin, uh, but you can take a note of how many times I pronounce it differently. They were not happy. Not happy in any way, shape, or form. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't like the fact that Paul and John and the disciples and apostles were getting the following. We read just a few uh, chapters ago that the numbers were 3,000, and now, just a short time later, they are 5,000. People are starting to see Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. And they weren't happy, the Sanhedrin, because these people were not authorised. They were unauthorised to preach, and they were unprofessional. And so we have this courtroom scene where the Sanhedrin are just confused by what to do. Peter stands up filled with the Spirit. The sign of Pentecost was not just a one-off. The Spirit was working and moving through Peter, John and the Apostle. And he spoke with what I'm going to term and has been termed as before we put us that picture on. Holy boldness. Just those two words. Holy boldness. They're asked, aren't they? Whose authority are you speaking? Are you healing? And Peter and John, rather than say, we're doing it our own show, or there's not for you to know, proclaim with holy boldness. It's in the name of Jesus Christ, who was raised, that we are spiritually speaking. And Peter, I think Peter becomes a little bit, well it's obviously spirit filled, but he has no concern for the consequences, does he? It's Jesus I serve, and by the way, it's the same Jesus that you killed. You killed him. These are people who are deciding Peter's future. And Peter's not holding back at all. He speaks with holy boldness the truth. And nothing is going to stop Peter seems to have these moments of amazing speeches, doesn't he? We read through that New Testament early church. Peter, who was filled with the Spirit, as God was working through him, he couldn't be stopped. He didn't hold back, did he? If we look at all these ways in which Peter speaks, he does not hold back. 
These were not people who had any right to speak or to teach in public. They had no qualifications. They were fishermen. They learned their trade of the father of the family. They mended nets. What right did they have to speak about healing, about power? They had no authority. Jesus, although we would refer to Jesus as a rabbi, as a teacher, in the eyes of the Sanhedrin, Jesus was not a rabbi. He hadn't gone through the earthly schooling that was needed to attain the level of teacher, of, of rabbi. And so he was a renegade, a rogue. And these were the uneducated, undisciplined, unauthorized disciples of a rogue rabbi teaching and gaining authority. You can see why the Sanhedrin were just so annoyed. But what could they do? Before them was standing the man who had been healed, who everyone knew was at the temple gate and, and could have walked and had been there for years. The proof was staring them in the eyes. They knew, they knew that God was all powerful. But what could they do? Well, they just said to them, okay, come on, guys, if you could just stop being so much of a nuisance. Stop talking about Jesus. There, there. Go, go back to being fishermen. That's what you're good at. No. We will not, says Peter. We won't. Whose authority shall we go by? Yours or God who built this man? See, the Sanhedrin had no other choice for really. Just rebuke them if they killed them. Oh, they started a brand new revolution. If they, if they said, yes, we, we agree with these people, they only began against the Romans whom they were polluting. Only thing they could do was just hope that they'd go away and be quiet. I wonder sometimes if, uh, as a church, anyone ever thinks, I just wish that church would just fill up, be quiet. I wish that Christian in the workplace would just go away. This, two, these two words have really struck me. You're in the growing deeper groups, our home groups, you'll speak about them more. But what does it mean to speak with holy boldness? We live, it's on we live in an age today where there is no truth, don't we? Everything is unbending. It's my truth. It's what I believe. That might be nice for you, what you believe, but this is what I believe, so this is my truth. I wonder when we speak to others about Jesus Christ, do we speak in terms of relative truth or holy violence? Do we say, I, I believe in Jesus Christ, this, this is my understanding, um, it's my opinion, or do we speak in that holy boldness saying, no, this is this is truth. Jesus Christ reigns. It's not my opinion. It might not be your opinion. It's not just my opinion. It is truth. Do we proclaim it as truth? Not relative truth, but truth. 
You kind of want to say to Peter, Peter, just, just rein it back a bit. Because if you upset these people, they're going to send you to prison or to death. But Peter is not being held back. Peter speaks with fully boldness. He knows what the Spirit is telling him to say, and he says it. <laughs> yes, it's the same Jesus who you crucified. Shame on you. Okay, Peter, let's just keep it quiet now. No, I won't. I will speak about the Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead, who lives and reigns now. Friends, I wonder if we can speak without feeling bias. Sometimes we might go, well, I'm just me. I, I won't have to go back. Look at the disciples. No qualifications, no education, no right to speak in public. These were just your everyday people, and God uses them to speak powerfully into a situation. God feels that they are filled with the Spirit to speak. And God can use you, can use me. Even in the places where we feel we are most vulnerable and most un. un. something. <laughs> God can use us. God can use us. Pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities to share. There's a couple of us were standing uh, for prayer station last uh, yesterday, which for those who don't know is we offer weekly prayer on, on 4th Street. And yesterday no one actually stopped to ask for prayer. And that's fine. Because I still think God uses those opportunities that we think are useless. But that there are no, there's no point. God uses those opportunities to speak powerfully into people. If we speak with holy boldness, what can stop God from working? Should we be surprised when God answers prayer? Sometimes we pray for things, don't we? It's up to a little while later we look back and go, oh yeah, God did, God did answer that. Maybe not the way that I thought. We sometimes are so busy thinking about the way we want something to be answered that we forget that God works in ways that we can't even understand. I suppose the question that comes back today is what should we be speaking into with holy bonds? Holy bonds. What are the situations in your life where you need to do a bit of a Peter? Where you need to stand up and say, actually, you know this is wrong. I need to tell you about Jesus Christ. But I recognise we live in a society where that is a very dangerous and difficult thing to find. But look at the reaction of some hatred. They kind of go, okay, we can almost see God at work here, just, just go. Maybe if we speak into those situations with our holy bones, people go, yes, I can see God at work here. What about for us as a church? Where do we need to speak into those situations with that same holy darkness? The injustice that we see around. The war. The pain. And as a church, 
church, where do we speak with holy boldness into the life of the council? Michelle is uh, the mayor's chaplain, and for those who know, it's not been an easy time in the life of the council again so much. What's our response? Is it just to sit by and go there, there? Or is it to speak with holy boldness and say that actually Jesus Christ just pray, we've got the civic service here on the 4th of March in the afternoon. And uh, Michelle and I were going through the service yesterday. And um, one of the song hymns that they chose, I just, not that I didn't feel uneasy about it, but I just felt there's something more. I sat down last night, as you do, and rewrote the, the words to uh, O Danny Boy that we've seen in so many different ways. They're very pointed, in one sense, about the life of soul touch and the need to serve one another. Just pray that if we that song, it will actually speak into the hearts of people that are gathered here on our town council in a wider sense. And actually they will know the holy boldness that we proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. But actually, being on someone like the council is not serving our own purposes, and I'm not saying that's what they're doing. It's not about serving our own purposes. But it's about listening to what the Spirit is saying and serving God. And we will each have our own situation in our life. But we need to hear what the Spirit is saying and speak with holy boldness. Did I just say that? It's my mother's favorite song. Oh, that's good. I won't sing it to you now, Marty. It might be But it's important that we speak with holy boldness. And this week, be prayerful where God is going to give you the opportunity to he does speak, speak, and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ as the Paul's going to come and just share different ways in which we can connect and think about speaking with holy boldness.